Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Welcome to the show, everyone. Got quite a bit going on with uh, the NHL, Stanley Cup playoffs, and the NBA playoffs. So I'm just going to give my thoughts on what I've seen thus far. I mean, and to begin, I'm going to just start off with the NHL just because I want to talk about that more. Just how interesting these series look because realistically, you know, everyone was talking up Toronto after they uh, beat uh, the Lightning. But this was the caveat of, you know, you get you get the big win, but sometimes for certain teams that second round's harder than the first round because they almost have to play as the favorite as opposed to everyone expecting them to lose. Now Toronto's got pressure on them, and it's showing because not only are they losing to the Florida Panthers, it's pretty decisive how they're losing in my opinion. Borowski stole game two, but even if you look at it, the pace of play was still favoring what Florida wants to do as opposed to what Toronto wants to do, which is force power plays and kind of get uh, Florida on their back heels. It wasn't necessarily that. You know, they're throwing pucks on net at Bobrovsky, but they're not necessarily putting Florida... So, yeah, the shot disparity is favoring Toronto, but it's not... the pace of play to me isn't really dictating uh concerns of what the what what florida has to worry about so to me this i mean again this feels as though florida is in the driver's seat and you know i look at this you uh, toronto drops the first two at home they gotta go into florida i don't like how this is looking for toronto i think maybe they get one game out of florida but this is looking like if the Leafs are going to win, it's going to be a seven-game series. But this could easily end up being Florida in a sweep or in five. And I just, if the if the Leafs go out like this to Florida when they uh, consider their favorite in, going into this series, it's this season's going to be a, a massive failure. Right? There, there's no if, ands, or buts about it. Whereas. On the other half of the East, you've got New Jersey struggling mightily against uh, uh, the Hurricanes. And this is kind of what I was talking about with the Rangers. The way the Rangers were playing, I mean, it just wasn't good. It wasn't good hockey. And Gerard Gallant is likely to be gone. I mean, the fact that he hasn't been fired yet is kind of surprising. Uh, maybe the, the news comes down before the start of next week. I mean, they're just letting them twist in the wind. But, you know, New Jersey, they got by the Rangers, not necessarily due to their speed. Yes, they showcased that in Game 7. But, but by and large, most of that was tied to the Rangers' just horrific uh, turnovers with the puck handling. It, you know, it was just very apparent uh, that the Rangers, for whatever reason, were not comfortable with the puck. And, you know, you can see that they got they got tight as the series went on. Now, 
in terms of Carolina, they've dominated the first two games just like the Rangers did. I expect New Jersey to respond, but again, I think New Jersey's going to have to turn this into a track meet, and they haven't necessarily put together a full 60 minutes of speed hockey against the club yet. Even when they beat the Rangers, yeah, they got past the Rangers, but they put together two solid periods after a rough uh, and somewhat shaky first period where you could tell that they were tight. Uh, I expect uh, the Devils to start playing a little bit looser uh, in this game three, and we'll see where it kind of goes from there. But I kind of look at this as a case where New Jersey just has to get into a rhythm in this series. But um, I, I still think this is a six-game series, but New Jersey have done themselves no favors. Now, in the West, this is where I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with uh, the contest that I can't figure out. I legitimately cannot figure out the Seattle team because I know they were good offensively, but it's their defense that has improved tremendously, and I don't I really don't know what to make of this because, to me, you know, you can improve, but this is like a complete overhaul of what they were doing defensively in the, the regular season. Kind of, and they're still giving up chances, mind you. But the backtracking and backchecking, this is on a level that we hadn't seen out of them all year long. And so everyone's asking how Seattle's doing it. It's by reinventing themselves because this is not the same team that we saw in the regular season. And they've had the biggest jump, in my opinion, from the regular season to the postseason play. They've been playing, technically, the best hockey to their capabilities. I I think they got a real chance of beating the Stars in this series if they keep playing like this. Uh, I think Dallas has got a lot of items to work on because defensively, Dallas has been struggling to slow down the Kraken and... That's Dallas's uh, linchpin is being able to be able to shut teams down and, and cycle through uh, plays. I mean, even with uh, the last game at you know in game two, where now we got the game three coming up. The issue was, you know, they were able to score, but they had to get the flurry in the second period. I'm still looking at it from the standpoint of. If you, if you look at the overall game plan for Dallas, it's keep the uh, pucks to the net at a minimum for Ottinger and have them save 30 or less. But as soon as Seattle gets a little bit more speed and momentum, I, I think it's going to be an issue for Dallas. Like I'm seeing, I'm seeing where Dallas is struggling to kind of keep up skating-wise with uh, the Kraken and I wasn't necessarily expecting that much of a speed difference, but, you know, I guess we could see why Colorado was struggling so much against Seattle. The the foot speed and puck skating speed, you know, I mean, and I mean that by, like, you know, you're obviously slower when you have the puck, but, you know, it just looks like Seattle's faster skating with the puck than Dallas is. And, you know, they're not encumbered as much so uh makes the five on fives uh, tougher to manage in my opinion and finally you know the series i think is now likely to <laughs> determine 
who's who's winning it all. You got Edmonton and Vegas. Listen, I look at the this uh, Golden Knights team. Keeps playing solid hockey. We don't necessarily trust the goaltending, but I I think it's just a case where Vegas is going to be stretching this to seven games against Edmonton. You know, Edmonton should win just because McDavid and Drysdale have been playing on such a high level and the role players have been playing well enough where, you know, I I think, you know, when you kind of come down to it, there's not enough teams defensively that can slow down Edmonton enough that I don't think Edmonton can't get past them. Now, Vegas can score with them, and that's uh, Vegas's path to victory is just being able to outscore uh, the Oilers, but it's it's a tall order in my opinion. I, I You know, Vegas being able to do it four times, because I think in all their wins, they're probably going to have to score five or more, and... You know they done it. Game, they did it in game one. Didn't get get done in game two, but I think Vegas is going to have to score five or more if they're going to win games in this series. I just think it's too easy for Edmonton to score on them, um, given their talent level. And I don't think Davis. I mean Vegas has the defensive tools to be able to shut things down. So uh, I just look at Edmonton eventually advancing that series, but I I think it's going to be quite a bit of a battle uh, moving forward. So that's where we are from Stanley Cup perspective. We're going to take a quick break uh, and cycle back into the NBA. Plus, I got uh, the conversation I have with my dad to kind of talk it through uh, the NBA thus far. So stick around. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. We'll be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, folks, we're going to bring my dad, uh, the conversation I had with him on for a bit. You know, things that I've been seeing on the NBA side, the Knicks, I don't understand their game plan against the Heat. Realistically, the Knicks are playing way too soft against the Heat. They have to make uh, the necessary adjustments. Otherwise, this series is going is going to end quickly because unless they play more physical uh, with the Heat, I, I I just don't see where Julius because Julius Randle's going to shoot the Knicks out of the playoffs. 
He's not efficient. I've been saying this uh, forever. It doesn't work in the playoffs. So, to me, this kind of comes down to unless we get more out of Randall and Hartenstein and Mitrob in the post, I I don't know what else to say. You know, the, the Knicks, even though technically they are the more down the roster overall, it's it's not it's not panning out like even uh, because without Tyler Hero, this should be heavily slanted in favor of the Knicks. Execution wise, Heat are clapping them, and there's really not much else to say about that. It's it's just the uh, the way things are working out at the moment. But uh, I do have to say, in terms of some of these other matchups. Phoenix, I don't understand how Phoenix is operating at the efficiency that they are between Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, but, you know, it seems as though every time Booker and Durant are touching the ball, it's going up, they're scoring, or they're creating assists. Like, it's just a two-man show. Without Chris Paul, it has to be a two-man show, but the Phoenix is getting so little out of DeAndre Ayton. I'm... I'm struggling to see how Phoenix wins the entire series against Denver because, again, without post presence, you can't really punish Jokic for his lack of defense. Like, you you actually do need to have some presence in the paint to score reliably, and with Aiton being as passive as he is, I'm just not seeing the punishment coming back on the other end for all the offensive things Jokic does. Defensively, he hasn't been truly punished in this series. And again, as good as Durant and Booker are, that's a lot of jump shots to be taken and having to make at a 65% clip or better in order to win games. Because these games are too tight uh, unless they're shooting that lights out from the field. And that's just a very difficult way to win a series. Other matchups. You know, I'll be honest, Lakers and uh, <laughs> Lakers and Warriors, I, I think the Warriors are kind of doomed as long as uh, Anthony Davis feels like playing. I don't see where the Warriors are making enough strides to truly uh, win some of these games. I, I, I think it's kind of a, I don't want to say doomed, but it's it's a tall ask. I, I'm just I'm just not seeing necessarily where, uh, from a performance standpoint, the Warriors can do better than what they've been getting out of Steph. Now, if Jordan Poole was actually relevant and useful, that'd be one thing. But you know, they're not getting they're not getting the support for Curry that you would expect and clay is having to concentrate a lot of his energy defensively that, you know, I, he just doesn't seem to have the legs for it. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Warriors do because to me, this seems like a Lakers in six kind of scenario. And, you know, that, that's just kind of how I feel about it. it, it it's, it's not uh, it's not the easiest scenario, in my opinion, of how uh, 
things could go along. So I look at it from the standpoint of if we kind of go back through the wind conditions for the Warriors, it just seems to be so much of a harder ask to be able to execute in the fashion that they're uh, looking for, in my opinion. I, I don't see where the Warriors have a clean path to victory in this series against the Lakers unless there's injury. Uh, I, I just think the game is too easy for Anthony Davis to play because of, again, Kevon Looney played well against the Kings. He and Draymond are just too undersized. I, I just don't see they ha- them having the explosiveness. And, yeah, they could bang on Anthony Davis and try to wear him down. That, that's certainly possible. I'm just not seeing where the Warriors are getting easy opportunities to beat the Lakers. I, I think it's going to be an incredible grind um, to kind of get it done. And then, you know, where we got to get into it with uh, Philly and Boston, same story. You know, Embiid can play well, but I think more often than not, it's going to come down to does Boston do stupid nonsense to lose games than Philly winning. I, I, I think it just comes down to if Boston plays dumb, Philly has uh, Philly has a shot. But if Boston doesn't do dumb things defensively, I don't see where Philly wins because it's easier for Boston to execute their offense and get into uh, get into uh, certain spaces where it's viable uh, from a scoring standpoint given what they can do defensively. I, I'm not seeing uh, where Philly is, because again, uh, Embiid is still, while well, he can score in paint, like he doesn't play the big man style that Shaq does where he just bullies you in the post. So guys like Corford can't hold up and uh, take care of business against uh, uh, Embiid just to, you know, not, shut them down, but they can manage the points. It's not it's not a, a open and shut domination. So to me, I just think it from the perspective of who has an easier path for victory, I think it's clearly Boston and I think it's clearly the Lakers. I think Golden State and Philly have a lot of work to do in order to get themselves uh beyond this uh this round. Uh, that's just the way I look at it. So Anyway, uh, we're going to uh, turn things over to the comment I had with my dad, talking through the playoffs, uh, and uh, l- l- Knicks fans can understand where we are coming from. But, uh, yeah, without much further ado, uh, uh, listen up. All right, Callie, so we're going to talk through the Knicks because enough folks have been clamoring as to what's going on in this series. Jimmy Butler's been hurt. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. Uh, he's not uh, uh, locked in. So, I. I just want to give you my quick thoughts because, frankly, the uh, the issue is the fact that, by and large, the Knicks have been way too focused on trying to keep shooting three pointers, whereas the Heat are still only running out of bio in the paint. And while the Knicks are dominating the glass, what ends up keep happening is the guys who are getting the rebounds aren't necessarily the scorers on the paint. So they're they're constantly circling the ball back out to take another three-pointer that's being contested. So for me, the whole key to this game plan is Randall's got to get behind back in the post 
And yes, they're going to have to bang a bit with the heat and wear down Adebayo because the way Milwaukee was giving them uh, trouble was the fact that Brooke Lopez was still scoring in the paint. And there's no way Brooke Lopez at his age should be a better paint presence scoring than Julius Randle. And I don't know what it's going to take for the Knicks to make that adjustment because now you're down 2-1, and realistically, you should have been up 2-1 at, at, a, at a minimum because, by and large, you didn't have uh, Butler for Game 2. You should have won Game 1. And Game 3, yeah, the Heat played better with their bench players, but again... The reason, like the Knicks were so focused on arguing with the refs instead of playing the game, fine, we'll concede that game. But realistically, Knicks should be up in this series. There's no reason for the Knicks to be down in this series, and part of it is due to the shot selection and just overall philosophy of how they want to attack this series because they're trying to play it the same way they played against Cleveland, and it's a different matchup. It's like I, I don't, I don't know how much clearer I, I, this series is. I think this is a very straightforward series. It's 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 you can't be taking that much trees. The Knicks do not have that good of shooters to be taking that many trees. Well, well, this is the thing. The Knicks took a ton of threes in the regular season. The reason why I saw the Knicks being an early out in the playoffs more likely than not is their inefficiency with three pointers. Yeah. Now the Cavs and their inability to shoot in the postseason is what doomed them. Now the Knicks are playing a team that can actually hit three-pointers uh, at a clip. And so now you've got a case where the Knicks are still in the process of trying to, like, generate offense, but they're just taking a lot of bad shots. Like, the, the truth of the matter is the Knicks have taken a ton of bad shots. And, yes, they make threes. But why are you taking contested threes? When realistically, Adebayo's there in the paint, you can attack Adebayo. It, it, like, yes, Adebayo is a good paint defender, but there's no reason why between Randall Robinson, because Kevin Love is not a paint defender. There's no reason why you can't uh, play Adebayo off against, and yes, the Heat will try to do their help defense. But when they're collapsing on their help defense, that's what's going to open up on the outside for shooters. Like, it's not it's not a zero-sum game here. Like, realistically, the Knicks need to be going inside out. They're trying to go outside in and try to set up a three-point shot or dribble drive it to the, straight to the basket when, no, this needs to go into the post first, then kick it back out. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. And, and like I said, it's not like they're making a lot of those trees. You know, I mean, another thing. You got to know when something's not working. Okay? Because yesterday, you had to see that that's not working. We not, you know, I, I don't know if you tell yourself, oh, sooner or later, we're going to hit him. That's what John Starks thought. Sooner or later, we, he's going to hit one. And that's why we didn't win that championship. Because we let him keep shooting. You know, we the next of all teams should learn their lesson from that. You can't do it. If it's not working, it's not working. You know, so I, 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 don't, I don't know what they needed yesterday to, to see that, that it wasn't working. Well, but, that, but that's literally what's killing them in this series. Defensively, the Heaters score, but 
Jimmy hasn't gone off in this oh series because God, of the attention me. being paid to the the, the 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 attention being paid to Jimmy. Yeah, the bench players are scoring, but the Heat aren't scoring at this ridiculous clip that you know the Knicks can't like. It's an insurmountable lead. Like these games would be tight if the Knicks were actually being efficient on offense. The Knicks are so inefficient at on offense that you know it's it's comical where like how bad the offenses look because realistically we're making it life easy for the Heat. Yeah. There, there's no there's no if ands or buts about it. We've yeah. made life easy for them. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. It's you know I you gotta see it. You gotta see what what they went to to the line what nineteen times. Yeah, the entire team. Nineteen times, you gotta be kidding me, you know. And Jimmy Butler <laughs> had oh, eleven went, free throws. Yeah, by he, he went eleven times by himself. I mean, that, but that's the byproduct of trying. What's to wrong take, with that picture? Yeah, it's like it's a byproduct of taking so many threes. It's like, yes, should the Knicks be getting more calls from the refs? Absolutely, they should be getting more calls from the refs. They haven't been getting the calls in the series, but you got to force the issue. You you gotta force the issue. Like instead of arguing with the refs, you gotta make it a point and a priority of going hard inside and drawing the contact. Because you're not gonna get every call, but if you keep making the point of emphasis of I'm banging in the paint, I'm not getting any call. Like the refs are gonna have to start calling it differently. You're playing the more finesse game. They're not gonna give you that as often. Look, for some reason, Riley always gets to manipulate the refs into get, getting those calls for the Heat. That has been happening forever since he went down there. Okay? So you already know we're going to get gypped a little bit. Don't help them out. Force the ref to continually make that call. Sooner or later, everybody's going to realize it. But when you take in all those trees from out, how often is a guy going to foul you at the three-point line? And that's the thing. Force it inside. Get the refs to keep making those calls so that sooner or later, whether it be television, the the, the papers, people are going to start like, hey, wait a minute. This is ridiculous. They, 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 you know, you got you, but you got to make your case. You can't make it easy for the refs and then still complain about the refs. Yeah. You know. Because you are not Golden State. Golden State knows they aren't going to get the free throw uh, uh, even close to what the Lakers get. Because the Warriors know they shoot the least amount of free throws because they're always taking three-point shots. But like that, them. That's the reality of the situation. See, that's the, the difference. They make them. They make them at a very high clip. So even if one night they, they're really bad and they don't make them, they can always say we get him tomorrow. You know why? Because they usually do. Yeah, and that, that was the case last night. They yeah. weren't they weren't shooting at a high clip. And I knew Anthony Davis after the no show in Game Two was going to show up Game Three because LeBron was going to force him to show up. Now the question is, can Golden State steal Game Four from the Lakers? Because I knew I felt very confident the Lakers were going to steamroll that game. I, I couldn't believe that line was as low as three and a half. I thought that line should have been closer to six or seven points. Because I thought the Lakers were winning comfortably. I didn't see a complete blowout in the fourth quarter coming. But, you know, it is what it is. 
the Warriors just packed it in because, you know, they look at it as like, we'll just put in our effort for game four. And so I think that's the game we got to look out for is, can we get two good games in a row from Anthony Davis? But whereas I see from the Knicks, this is a very simple adjustment for the Knicks. For the Warriors, they just got to hope that Anthony Davis doesn't show up because and, uh, that's, that's, that's it, it's, 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 it's a tougher problem for the Warriors. Yeah. That, yeah. like, as long as Anthony Davis plays well, I don't see how the Warriors can win this series. No. Like, that's the problem for the Warriors. No. Stylistically, th- this matchup is not going to work in their favor because of Anthony Davis being able to rebound defensively and score in the post. Yeah. He... Be- because, you know, you, LeBron's going to do what he can do, and he's going to find the shooters. Now, if the shooters miss, that's your out. But if Anthony Davis plays as well as he is in the paint, I – it's a very tough ask for the Warriors. Yeah, because game two, the biggest problem with Davis is that he just missed some really easy shots. I don't know why. It's not like they were playing him tough or whatever. He was missing. Uh, he can trade in the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and that, that was the problem. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, it's not like he played. It's not like he was lousy or he got outplayed or anything. He was just. I don't know. He just was missing some very, very easy shots. So, yeah. and, and he was turning the ball over like, I don't know. Yeah, he, he no, was off. yeah, was off. yeah. Was but off. but that, that's been the case of Anthony Davis yeah, like yeah. the last four years. I don't know. Like, I, he, I, and I don't get it. I think it's in his head now that, like, as though like he can't play two games. You know, I, I, I don't know because, like I said, it would be different if the guy who's playing well, so out playing him, or they came up with this great defense, and he he was getting the shots. He yeah. was getting the same easy shot that he always make. He just wasn't making them. Yeah. And when he tried to facilitate by passing, he made some of the most horrible he ain't turnovers. Le- he ain't, he ain't oh. LeBron with oh his passing. God. He he, he ain't even Chris Bosh with his passing nah, in the post. Bad. Like he, he like bad. his passing. I don't know. It, it's it, rough. It was nothing that he was and, doing. And, it was just him. Yeah, but I will. So we're gonna turn over the other games today because we got Embiid uh, against Boston, I, I, and I kept saying this in the series: Embiid could win MVP and get exposed as being overrated. Because I keep saying this, I don't see where Embiid is making his teammates better. Because when Boston focuses in on playing defense, they are clearly better than Philly. The thing that I see with Boston is, and I saw it all the time in the Atlanta series, they get bored. And I can't understand, like, like what is so hard about concentrating and closing out series early when you're the better team? When you see these teams play five-on-five five and Boston's locked in defensively, Philly cannot match up with them. This series comes down to how focused is Boston doing what they need to do. Yeah, it's, 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 uh, you know. Uh, because, like, people are like, oh, well, Embiid wasn't there game two. And I'm like, it doesn't matter if Embiid's there or not. Offensively, Embiid can get his points, but he doesn't necessarily make the other guys around him more capable. Because I see a lot of ball watching when it comes to Embiid. The, the, and the, and, that, and, that, and it, it's different. It's different when, because we all know Embiid has uh, Jokic outclassed defensively. We were not saying that. My thing is, offensively, when Embiid's got the ball, there's a lot of ball watching. And even to this day, offensively, 
he ain't even close to Shaq level in terms of being dominant on the offensive end. So no, he, no, no. He's and not he's not, and he's not, and he's not even on the Dwight Howard end. And I'll, I'll, again, I will say this again. I don't even think he's Dwight Howard sometimes in terms of dominance. When he has his games, yeah, he can have those monster games, but he doesn't do it even consistently, like to the point where we make about Anthony Davis being consistently dominant. We don't see that with Embiid. Embiid is still very inconsistent because he gets into that same thing we talk about with Randall, taking too many outside shots when he needs to be in the paint. Like he gets, he falls in love with that jump shot instead of just bullying dudes. And that's the thing that, you know, again, in this series, like, and be won the MVP, like, you know, however you want to slice and dice it. And like people said, the race card being played is what uh, like kind of scared voters into voting for Embiid over Jokic. But I think this is the series that Embiid's got to watch himself because you could say you have the built-in excuse of the injury, but it's not as though he looked like he was completely laboring to to play in in the, in this uh, game in game three. So we got we got to see what we get out of Philly because if Boston routes him again, this series is ending in four. I mean, in five. It's like, but with four straight losses. Yeah, well, that's why, you know, uh, I I think Boston's a better team to begin with. Yeah. I think Boston's a better team. And uh, one of the problems I had with, with, with is that Tatum hasn't really come on yet. And that, they're getting beat. That's not a good sign. This is the troubling sign. Tatum and Brown still hasn't had a monster game yet. Boston literally has not played a good game in no, the playoffs yet. No, no. They haven't played like I still yeah. haven't been impressed with Boston because yeah. knowing what where they can play, like the way I look at this playoffs, if Boston plays the way they are capable of playing, like they're they gonna win la- they're gonna win the title. Like they played last year. Yeah. They, they're gonna they, win yeah, the title. Yeah, they definitely will. Because Golden State is not at that level anymore. That you could see that extra year with Golden State, they it's harder for Steph and Clay to get up for those shots that they were, even when they were making on their run last year. It, it, you see it. You see the age. It, 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 it it's not a disrespect. It's just it is what it is. It's harder to get up to make those shots when you get in the, into the mid and late thirties. Like that's just the way it is. It's a testament to LeBron that LeBron has still. Not lost the like uh, the plateau level he's been able to Le- stay on. LeBron he hasn't slipped. Is that kind of like Brady thing where it's like, how does he do it? You know that he's playing at such a high level at this age. It's not going to happen every day for everybody. Trust me. <laughs> there's a reason why you. There's a reason why you know you can't do certain things at at at, at a certain age. It's just. It's 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 because it's tough. Yeah, it's tough. So yeah, you gotta give LeBron credit. But yeah, I I think Boston is gonna win that series. I I just think. Yeah, look, let me tell you something. And I know he's not, hasn't been as bad, but it's early yet. James Harden hasn't run away yet, but you know sooner or later. Well, well, well this 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 is what I'm saying. I want to see how he looks today because if he started. if he if he flakes out in Game Four uh, today, Game Five, it, it's sayonara. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he. 
because it's 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 Cancun on three. But um, yeah, I I just think that uh, Embiid's got to watch himself because he got the MVP, but this uh this scenario that this this could end up being like one of the worst things happening because like yeah, it's an individual award, but you're gonna get mocked if Jokic makes it to the West Conference Finals or. I think if uh, at the rate this this is going, Denver if they knock off the Suns, they'll probably end up in they'll probably end up in the NBA Finals because I think they could beat the Lakers because of how inconsistent Anthony Davis is. But like, if if the Lakers need Anthony Davis to show up for four games, I know Jokic is going to put up six good games in a seven game series. The question is if if uh, if KD and Booker can't figure it out and just carry this series against the Nuggets. The Nuggets are probably going to end up in the NBA Finals, and God forbid if Jokic ends up in the NBA Finals with that squad that he's playing on, and Embiid got the MVP and got knocked out by the Celtics in five. Uh, uh-uh. like he's never going to recover from that one. Yeah, I know. Like he's never going to recover from that one. Yeah. Anyway, we got to get going, but uh, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll 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 carry this another time, Callie. Okay. All right, folks, that's going to do it for the show. Obviously, more to come on the playoff side, so we'll be covering more. And I know Yankees fans are clamoring for Boone's head on the stick. I got, I, I told you guys how this season, I expected the season to play out. I, I, I know people think I'm a Yankees hater. It's not that. I just think this roster was poorly constructed, and they got more lucky than good last year. It's catching up to them. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Yankees uh uh, soon enough uh, with baseball uh, ramping up around the corner. But we're going to get through NBA and NHL playoffs and, uh, in t- and talk it through of what uh, we're seeing out there in the landscape. Uh, keep listening in uh, for the daily throwdowns as I throw them in there uh, throughout the playoffs as well uh, over on Jam. And, uh, yeah, that's all we got for now. Have a good one, folks. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.